So the 2018 FIFA World Cup, 2018 FIFA World Cup, ladies and gentlemen, will be organized in Russia. Приветствую поклонникам футбола и лучшие футбольные сборные планеты. Is the World Cup a soccer tournament or an experience in national expression? The World Cup was inherited from and realized from the same era in ideologues that gave rise to the concept of the nation-state and the European conceptualization of sovereignty and what groups are entitled to it. Number one, sovereignty as the, the projection of a state's power or preservation of its security. Number two, uh, its ability to move goods and, and capital, labor in the market. And number three, sovereignty of, of a network that allows the movement of culture, like ideas, uh, values, etc. This European-American realiz uh, realization of the international system was predicated on the values and ideals of the industrialists, uh, of the society, the aristocracy. And then having almost completely replaced the empire monarchist system of government, you know, with the exception of the Persians, the Ottomans, and the Chinese being holdouts, but never really haven't, um, never really haven't gotten past it, which, you know, uh, as, as, as some historians will know, uh, has really come into play to our current uh, geopolitical reality in 2018. But the nation state, was a response to the shrinking of a world brought about by the advances of, of in, in communication, in, in, in transportation, in, in war making. And with the world now so at arm's length, the Europeans uh, divided it up and in the process steamrolled through previous iterations of boundaries between peoples and cultures that were not maybe perhaps meant to be together or perhaps were meant to be together but were separated. Um, it's basically what led to um, one of the one of the things that led to the to World War One and World War Two. So when we talk about the World Cup, we talk about an event that is 
nation versus nation that brings out the the nationalistic euphoria uh, of people as uh, as the competition on the field develops. So why continue with an event that might be a relic of a very traumatic uh, past that has been uh, skillfully disguised as as pure joy and entertainment by these um, perhaps exploitive global brands that sponsor the event? Very thoughtful people see the concept of nationhood, similar to that of religion, as it being an antiquated relic of an atrocious past that needs to be overcome. But uh, should we? Should it be something that needs to be overcome? In this post-race, more increasingly globalized reality with its overlap and intersection, what does it mean for a tournament founded upon the proclivities and regulations of the same international system that gave us the nation-state. Are we all just partaking in the same experience but calling it something other than what it is, which potentially might be just simple escapism? So those are the things we want to talk about on Grandstand and on uh, the issue of the World Cup and on this very beautiful, what uh, Grandstand has called um, the grandest of all the grandest uh, spectating spectacles, uh, especially of, of the international country versus country athletic competition. Greetings, Grandstanders! We're back for another grandiose season of Grandstand. Uh, we've we've been away, we've been at work, we've been deliberating and dialoguing and and uh, metaphoring to bring you a grand season of Grandstand, Professor. What do you think? Uh, was the sabbatical or the time away worth it? I mean, it was too long. Well, no, yeah, it was a good break. It was it's, it was good to to recharge the batteries. But it does. I mean, when was the last time we recorded? I, hate, I think I think we had a one off in September mm. for the Canelo fight. Ah, really, yeah. really yeah. excellent episode. I, I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of really good feedback from that episode. Yeah, that was Señor a really Roberto, good episode. right? Yeah, Andrade. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man. So it's been a long time. It feels good. I, I, I think it was World Cup coming. Um, there's no way we couldn't. I think this is a perfect time to. Well, reboot. there's there's uh, maybe maybe a couple things. One, um, there's a there's an essay up on the on the on the website that kind of uh, kind of gives an overview of of the season. But more than anything, it kind of gives an overview. Of, of the the motif that we're looking to explore, which is uh, which is protest, but if we have time, we'll get into that. But but that maybe that's something for for the next episode. But the other thing that uh, the professor and I came up with is, um, you know, we both happen to be big fans of of what we call the the greatest season of of, of spectating, just from May to October, because it just happens to be the time of season where a lot of really fun things happen in the sports that we really love. Uh, so we decided uh, to change the beginning of our season. We were starting in the fall before, but we decided to 
turn it into a uh, uh, the 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 opening day of our of our of our of our new season to be in May, uh, late May, early June. Is that right, Professor? Yeah. So it's like um, we're a summer show, basically. Basically. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was good to it was good to take a break. Um, got to do a lot of uh, catching up on on uh, on on pontificating uh, uh, matter. So, Professor, why does the World Cup still matter? Well, I mean, wait, but that's supposing. Wait, wait can can it, I say it, one thing before that? Yeah. Of course it matters, right? Right. It's the, the, the largest event that the world puts on, the grandest of all parties. Um, one, over one billion people watch the World Cup. Countries that don't even have a team in the World Cup watch the World Cup. Everybody watches it. So, of course, it matters. And, of course, as far as sponsorship dollars are concerned, it's 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 the premier event for making money, right? Um, from from sponsorship deals, so of course it matters, and it's it's probably, well, I would say I would argue that it's the premier biggest sporting event in the world, and it has been for quite a while now, and it will continue to be. But the reason I ask, does the World Cup still matter, Professor, is because it's nation versus nation competition, and some people are offended by that. Is that an accurate thing to say? What? By the, know, the euphoria I, I think, of nationalism? I think it's still I think it still matters because I'm not sure that people are offended by I think people still love nation versus nation competition um as, as far as this idea of of nationalism and this you know and, and there's been indications of us maybe going towards a you know, maybe a, a post-nationalist world. Um, while that's happening, I think it, it's hard to it's 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 same like rate like like the same way that we want to say that we're going we're we may be entering a post-racial era. Um, you can't just suddenly forget uh, generations of an ingrained way to look at yourself and look at the world. Everywhere in the world, we still. Um, despite nationalism kind of uh, changing the way it exists changing um, we still love um, banding around this idea of of the nation at least within the athletic context I would agree because I happen to be one of those people that that gets um, that gets obsessed with with the all of the different details of, of international competition. Uh, one, when my team is playing, because I really I, I buy into the nationalism thing. I really love it. I love to get swept away into it. Um, I also like to watch it uh, when I'm detached from it. You know, I, I don't mind being detached from it and just observing and trying to observe the nuances of it. Um, but I I I get the sense. When I spectate, in, uh, you know, in on the nation versus nation level, there's always an element of skepticism of of, of how these games are just nothing but propaganda um, for 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 a world in 
for 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 dumbing down and subduing the masses for a world in disarray and this idea of nationalism being at the forefront of a competition like the world cup really is a disservice to to humanity because it just uh, it's a month of dumbing us down and subduing us yeah yeah that, that that's that's where it's tough right where when you're fully aware of of the role of, of corporatism within within this whole thing and so on the one hand i mean part of it is just because you know you kind of feel like a pawn but at the same time also it's like kind of this this kind of guilt of like you're turning uh, so basically like supporting last world cup in brazil how much of that uh, is that an indictment on on us also supporting um you know the the exploitation of labor and and all the what was being done to to the inhabitants in in all those spaces where the where the stadiums were being built are we responsible for that as supporters of the tournament yeah of course and not to mention the public funds used to put on this event it's basically your country hosts a big party and you use public monies to host it yeah and if you hate soccer i'd be kind of pissed off right yeah yeah it's 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 tough and, and and i mean i think part of the whole like this idea of 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 the nation state not being relevant anymore is through neoliberalism it's really global corporatism that's the the nation state kind of gets gets in the way of of the neoliberalist agenda right mm, of course yes um yes. and so really what what they do and and what kind of this tournament is it's it's it taps into it taps into us emotionally into our, our still our emotional ties to this idea of the nation. And so being aware of the fact that we're kind of, it's, it's this, there's so much manipulation going on. Um, and yet still you know, it's like wrestling, just going like, well, yeah, I, I want to be worked. I want to be a mark for this. Right. Uh, you, you brought up the neoliberalism and you brought up the, the corporate, the corporate, the corporate state, um, which a lot of people, friends, friends of this podcast, um, will have to bring on a, a one time because he he gives a he gives a, a an interesting explanation for why he sees the corporate state. And I maybe I'm, I'm sorry if I'm misquoting or or misunder, misinterpreting what conversations we've had about this one time, but um, you seem to think he seems to think that the nation state and the corporate state are interchangeable and essentially they, they, they're going to be there to, to fulfill and provide the same needs that the, the corporate state will provide the same things that the nation state. Um, again, we'll have to have one time on to talk about it, but, um, like, like I, that I they, is it that, that they, co- they complement each other's ultimate goals? Yeah, basically I would disagree uh-huh. with that. And again, I'm just uh, again. I want to I want to remove uh, one-time text from this because he he obviously much more eloquently will explain it, and he'll speak to the nuance of of what he's referring to. So I don't want to put words in his mouth, nor do I want to say that that's the side he takes. But I'm just using that as an example. I don't think that the nation state and the corporate state are one and the same. That I I I'm very fearful of living of Coca-Cola being my uh, my custodian for my rights and, and my roads and shit like that. Right. Like it is in, in some places. Absolutely. That film that you sent the other day that sh- you shared, that was incredible. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was from a journeyman, like journeyman pictures. They'd make a lot of cool little documentaries. Yeah, and this one was about a small village in Mexico where uh, Coca-Cola basically took over and, you know, at the expense of the people's health and their drinking water. Was it in Chiapas? Yeah, in San Cristobal de las Casas, yeah. Yeah. And Coca-Cola, which is what this this little doc is about, is happens to be one of the major corporate sponsors of the Mexican national team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the, probably the premier one. And then, of course, you learn, if you didn't know this already, I feel like I, I kind of learned this at one point or another, that uh, Mexico is a place, Mexico is basically Coca-Cola's biggest customer, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Per capita or even just worldwide, right? Yeah. And if you look at the Mexican national team's jerseys when they're practicing, they have a big-ass Coca-Cola across their, their shirt. But I want to bring it back to um, maybe we went on a little tangent there, but bring it back to a couple things and then and then wrap around to this idea of the corporate versus the nation state and then move on to another thing, Professor. But um, one thing that you don't have in on uh, on international jerseys yet is corporate sponsors. Mm. You do have the corporate sponsors on the jerseys when they're warming up. You do have them at all times when the players are not on the field actually playing the game. But when they're warming up, when they're practicing, when they're being interviewed, when they are walking, leaving the bus to walk into the arena, they're always there's some some type of logo or, or some type of some type of brand is is very visible, but not on the field, which which kind of gives the international nation versus nation competition an, an air of, of, of this is sacred. Do, do you get that sense? Does that feel that way to you? Yeah, it does. Um, I'd like to believe that, that that is somewhere where we, where we kind of, where we draw the line and, um, you know, we, we preserve that, that sacred space, um, free of, uh, corporate sponsorship. But, um, I predict it, um, happening eventually. Yeah, I think it's inevitable. They'll find they'll find a, a loophole, right? But then the other thing is, how does how does it come to be that a player plays for a specific team? What are the what are the rules and stipulations? Like the loose rules and stipulation for an international team? Correct. Do you just have to be a a citizen of of the country? Yeah, you have to either have been born there, be a, a naturalized citizen, mm-hmm. according to whatever the regulations and laws of that nation are. Uh, you can. You don't necessarily have to have been born there, live there, but you can become naturalized through having a parent or a grandparent or a, an ancestor, a family member. Correct. Yeah. So one of the things that be, that has become um, a part of the a part of the international game is that you can you can basically poach a player from a country by saying, well, if your grandpa is from Spain, then you can play at Spain, or if you lived in Spain and you play for for Spain and you haven't you know you have yet to play for the Brazilian national team we can we can sign you up for Spain and you can represent the the national team the Spanish national team but there is one caveat right once you declare to play for Spain you can't play for any other international team and doesn't that add to the sacredness as well as well as the no sponsors on the jerseys yeah no yeah yeah totally it's um within within the world cup and international competition it, it does it it preserves it preserves this this idea of being rooted in one place something that is being lost um for 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 better or worse um but but nevertheless something that's being lost 
and just for that reason alone, that is something that we um, that we're always going to see value in. I think the idea of being rooted and belonging to something. Yeah. Or just being rooted in in an idea or a concept or or just an identity with something. Well, I guess yeah. I mean, I, I guess you can look at it in, in a broad sense like that too. But yeah, in a in an in an increasingly globalized world, um, you, you come. Just, I was talking to somebody uh, not too long ago, and um, when he was telling me where he was from. And that's where he was born and raised, and that's where his parents were born and raised, and that's where his grandpa. He was like multiple generations deep in this one town, and I just remember thinking, like, wow, that's really beautiful. That's that's something that I have no idea what that must feel like, and I think increasingly a lot of people have no idea what that feels like, and um, and there is some th- some beauty in that, and so little little things like like what you're what you're getting to here with like uh you know w- what makes a uh a national team um that's that kind of preserve preserves that 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 little beauty that that we're not seeing is that that many of us aren't experiencing um in right. many other aspects of our lives it's really unique because i think uh professor you and i have talked about this but i want to mention a couple other things before we move on to to next couple questions that i have for you but the, it's really unique that, uh, you know, from an outsider's perspective, and from maybe a skeptic's 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 perspective, it, again, it, it is it is an an outsized large corporate production that gets put on every four years, but that uh, nevertheless seems to deliver on its promise to 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 make the world basically stop for a month, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it really does. I mean, even here in the United States, where supposedly we we don't follow soccer and supposedly we don't know anything about soccer and supposedly we don't love soccer, which I think it's bullshit. Um, but uh, even here, it stops. And even I don't know if this is just me romanticizing this because I romanticize everything. But there's there's an air there's an air of air of anticipation as you walk around. Do you feel that way, Professor? Yeah, yeah, but I, I I don't know how much of it is is projecting, you know. Probably at least here, you know, because I don't know when when you say you think it's bullshit that um, people don't care as much about soccer here, and um, um, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> like like I remember last World Cup being surprised um, walking by some through some neighborhoods during during a game time and um, shocked by by how many people were not. I guess in in my like in my ideal world, literally every single person on every block is <laughs> is tuned into the World Cup. And well, so when I see it, that not happening, I'm like, "What the hell is going on here?" Well, their expression of it is pathetic, um, but maybe they do care, right? And I, I I feel like when I walk through my neighborhood on Mexican Game Day, even if it's a friendly, everybody's wearing their green shirt. Right. Yeah. Um, Everybody, yeah, yeah. Is is what happens to us during the World Cup not soccer euphoria, but but national pride euphoria is what we're experiencing. Not necessarily a love for soccer, but uh, a love for tapping into that euphoria of feeling 
a, a, a connection to something, and in this case, it being you know your ties to the nation state, to those to those things that identify you as as part of being a group of a, of a, a part of being a group of people. Yeah, yeah is that I what happens that, every four years? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that seemed that 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 is what it is, and but it also it's it what a national identity looks like is is changing and um and so kind of like with with so many of the of the mexican uh fans that, that their nation is the united states like and it's what we keep what we've talked about multiple times on the show they're not they're they're rooting not for another nation but for it's a more it's a symbolic ethnic Id- identity i think that it's it's more that 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 people are attached to that you can so you can form groups in all sorts of different ways beyond your country. Do we experience? Is there a certain discomfort or a certain um, unwillingness to accept that we love our countries in this contemporary, modern, post-racial society, Professor? Is it is it passe to root for a national team and feel the euphoria of being Mexican or French or Nigerian? No, no, I, I, I think that it's especially that's what what makes the World Cup so, so powerful is that it, um, it, it allows us to, to express that, and I think and, and especially I think with Team USA fans, um, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. So, so the the, the U.S. soccer fan also something we've talked about is. Is like a, is a cosmopolitan, right? Like it's even though most, I think most, I'm, no, I'm pretty sure, uh, like most sport, sports fan leans more Republican, a sport fandom here. But mm-hmm. when it comes to soccer, it leans more Democrat and it leans more mm-hmm. liberal. And I mean, and, and it's and it's the more cosmopolitan uh, uh, Americans that that have this love for the idea of soccer and and have embraced it. These are these are the same Americans who. Maybe criticize because of the way they question um, their country and the way they question certain policies and they question our role in the world and so on. Um, this is a time for them to be able to express that no, like I still love my country and I still love being an American. And moreover, I think more than anything, I think for once they feel free of the burden of feeling privileged. Um, yeah. th- there's this constant guilt. Of feeling this like privilege because again most soccer American soccer fans are are like upper middle class white um, who who may have this you know th- this this sense of um, th- they're aware of of th- their place within the country within soccer they can they're they're underdogs and I think that's a relieving feeling and maybe I'm like I'm I'm totally like putting on to others how they feel but that's just something that i i get a sense of that yeah yeah i think again um my experience of it there's been a whole arc to my experience of the world cup um i've talked about discovering it and i've talked about really loving it and then getting to a point where i was um Self-conscious about my love for it because to 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 be to to love it and to 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 be obsessed about it it was to be obsessed about the idea of two countries playing against each other 
and to be obsessed with the idea of being a follower of the Mexican national team. And for Mexico, it meant, you know, this is like the, the, the talk about opiate of the masses. This is the one, right? Soccer. Mm-hmm. After, after of course, uh, Virgin Mary and religion. Uh, um, but, but, uh, you know, if I said I love the national soccer team within certain circles of Mexicanos, then it was, you know, you're just being duped, right? Mm-hmm. If I said I love the World Cup and I love rooting for the Mexican national team, then, you know, you, you're, you know, you need to get over this, this, this kind of, uh, this passe, sorry to keep using that, but get, get over this, this idea of, of, of the nation state and, and, this kind of competition because it's it's it harkens back to this 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 thing of, of the nation state and, and it's been destructive and it's created a lot of problems for us um so so why the question becomes for me became for me why continue and the, when it's all said and done because it's fun and it's amazing and it's i think it has more to offer than it actually has to to it's less it's it brings more happiness than than it creates a, a detriment to our reality um it may be shallow and it may be superficial and it may be very like uh it may pass very quickly may not have a, a, a lasting effect but some people have argued against it and i i like i like to believe that um it, it can be it can be a a uh, be a force for for good and, and happiness and joy pontificating now at this point but in mexico every every few cycles of the world cup the world uh the 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 fifth game that mexico has been trying to win for about 100 years um you know there are seven total games to become world champion mexico gets to the fifth game and they 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 get to the fourth game and they lose the fourth game did I not do my math here correctly? So they can't yeah, the get fourth. to the fifth game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get to the fourth game and they lose. They can't get to the fifth game. It's become part of the the national lore of, of our identity as Mexicanos that we can't make it to this fifth game uh, on the way to the final. But um, and, and always play, and, always and always play Germany like, or always or play our Argentina. hearts out in that in that fourth game. Yeah, yeah, and we look really good. And we finally are gonna. We're gonna. This is gonna be the year that we do it, but it doesn't happen. Um, but it, but it, it always coincides with elections, mm-hmm. you know. And it always kind of right around the same time. And and, and this the the the, the 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 talking heads, you know, don't waste the opportunity to mention the fact that this is a perfect perfect way to dumb down the masses and get them to vote for the candidate that is going to probably screw them over the most um while but while they're watching the game you know you can you can you know basically trick them into believe they're you know if they're they're in a state of euphoria they're going to vote one way if they're really unhappy they're going to vote another way and any essentially what happens is you use the world cup against them to 
to get them to elect another uh, corrupt official into office. But wouldn't that be true anywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's. Um, but it's like you know, our 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 state apparatuses are we elites can use and do use um, institutions as tools um, for these purposes. Whether it be, so, it's it, it's whether it be the world, whether it be soccer or sport in general. Um, uh, and other forms of entertainment, whether it be the schools, whether it be the churches, um, I feel like you can make the argument that it's all of these are all serving the same, um, are, are being utilized in the same way, right? If if we're not conscious of it, absolutely. And this is an easy target because it's just so massive, mm-hmm. and it's everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's in your face for a month. Um, everywhere you go, it's there. So when and when you, when you say that you feel that it 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 brings more, you know more more good than than harm. Uh, do you do you see it as being more of a of a globally unifying force, or do you feel by um, by pitting uh, nations against each other, it, it, it further serves to to keep pe- to keep people separated? I I think it I think it brings people together more than it separates them, and I'll tell you why. One, because the the actual compet- – you know, the, the whole thing with the hooligans and the, the Russians versus the English or the Portuguese or – who was it last year that was fighting? Last the year? Germans. Yeah, it was the, the – oh, during the Euros. During the Euros. I'm sorry. That wasn't last year for the Confederations. It was for the Euros, for the Euro, for the Euro uh, Cup that is also a major event but only with teams from Europe. The Russians and the, the Russian hooligans – or the Russian ultras and the English hooligans had a full-on war brawl in in, uh, in Marseille. And, of course, it's like the first thing that people reference when they talk about soccer and about events that involve uh, or about groups and group mentality and, and, and how groups are just the worst thing that ever happened to humanity because we, we, all, we all get blinded by the force of the group and we do really stupid things, which we do, and, and I agree, but... Um, that's the first thing that comes up, right? It's the first thing that gets mentioned. It's the first thing that appears on the forefront of why sports and why this idea of belonging or identification with an extremist group like a sports organization can sometimes be is is bad for, for the world and for the conduct of humanity. But what you don't see is the interaction in, in, in the cathedral, in the stadium, and the interaction on the field. You know the the whole purpose of compet- uh, of competition, athletic competition, is to engage in this very old tribalistic uh, 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 notion of of war and battle. But then when it's over, uh, you return. You know everything kind of is supposed to calm and 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 you know we've talked about this a million times that you know we were able to express and 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 deal with the joy and grief of defeat, of loss, uh, of of victory, etc. That that interaction, when it gets transmitted on a global scale, and it's not your team on the field, and you're just whether it's you're a passive observer, a passive spectator, not just of the game, but of let's just say France versus Italy, like when Zidane 
head-butted <laughs> Matarasi, you know? Mm-hmm. That is... To be able to see two cultures go at it on a soccer field, in the stands, in the grandstand, in the place where you're watching this game, even if none of the people there are Italian or French, but they're both taking sides because they identify with some minute, stupid symbol that they feel closer to the French than they do to the Italians. To be able to experience that, I think it's a wonderful, enriching experience, right? Because you understand more about... uh, another culture than you possibly ever some people will never ever 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 know where nigeria is or why nigeria is awesome um if maybe if it weren't for the world cup Mm -hmm. and of what is what what makes uh what makes a what what's what makes the the ethos of the nigerian experience tick what makes it move why, does, why is it magical? Why is it worth observing? Why is it worth connecting to? Why is it worth rooting for? I think if you didn't have the World Cup, if you didn't have this event happen every four years, if the anticipation surrounding it was not such as the way it is now, I don't think we would ever stop to think, you know. I mean, how many people know? I mean, how many people now know that there are only 343,000 people in the country of Iceland? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel the same way. And I think you can look at it in multiple ways as far as I think it's unifying within countries. So so like say with Nigeria, um, within Nigeria you have, you know, you, you have uh, Yorubans and, and uh, uh, Igbos and like different, all these mm-hmm. different ethnic and tribal groups that, mm-hmm. that are distinct and separate and, and uh, come World Cup time, everyone's a Nigerian regardless of of those distinctions you know and and so which which by the way that's another reason man like i would have been really fascinated to have seen what uh what team USA in the world cup would have done within this country um for the next month like uh politically and you know right. it, it, how much would it have unified us um it would have been interesting to see um, but, but so, so it's unifying within countries, but then also, yes, across like, uh, like what you're talking about. Um, uh, there's this, it, it may have been for the, you know, the guy who wrote, um, um, how soccer explains the world, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. um, Franklin Foray or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. he, it may have been him or, or maybe it was something, but I remember, um, Someone they use the term carnival nationalism, where hmm. um, early on, especially uh, like uh, World War Two, post World War Two, the nationalism, the type of nationalism that was expressed through soccer, was very very political and very hate filled in, in Europe, as opposed to today, where um, the, this idea of, of carnival nationalism. Um, refers to the fact that when you go to a World Cup, it's it's very much um, the people. So like this year in Russia, what you're going to see is people from all over the country recognizing that it's not about their country, but rather the event is bigger than themselves and the event is bigger mm-hmm. than, than the country that they're a part of. And that's something mm-hmm. that the World Cup didn't used to be, at least according to, yeah, no, to yeah. historians of it. Um 
and that's something that's different about it now. And I think you and I, I think Grandstand is kind of, I think we're, we go back and forth on this. Like, I think we don't know how we feel about that. Um, uh, at least maybe not the hate, but well, I don't know. Yeah, the hate's kind of fun too, but, right. um, you know, when I hear that, it's like, it's nice. Like, yes, that, that is the beautiful thing about the world cup, bringing people together. And, you know, and when, when Brazil is playing, you have Japanese people and Italians and all these other, uh, you know, national groups gathered together around a big screen rooting for Brazil um, because because it's the World Cup and they recognize like they, you know, they want to pick a side and they want to be in, in on the on the emotion of the and, game. And but... you know what, Professor, there's there, there are people there are there are different nationalities or groups of people that identify with different teams for historical reasons or just for stylistic reasons yeah. that I think are also really fascinating, right? True. Like what does that say about what does that say about kind of the interaction between these different cultures, right? It just it's it's constantly telling a story, I think, the World Cup about about the these interactions, the 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 the, the point of the point of the meeting point between like you said, Brazil. Like, I mean, the, the Japanese really love the Brazilian national team. Oh yeah, well, right, and There's, so do Mexicans. Y- yes, um, yeah, yeah, right. There is the whole uh, Japanese workers being being going to Brazil, like during like in the early 1900s. Um, I think working in like coffee fields or something. I didn't know. Did you know that? Uh, Brazil has it may be in Rio. I don't know which city has the second largest concentration of Japanese people outside of Japan. I think I knew that. Yes. Yeah. So that's it's cre- pretty um, impressive. So that kind of explains, yeah, that. Um, oh, totally, dude. Like when I when I am root, when I'm watching a game not involving Mexico, and I and I if I do take a side, there's def there's yeah there's reasons behind it like. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say in general, um, if it's a Latin American team, mm-hmm. I'm usually going to root for them over mm-hmm. whoever they're playing against. I don't, there might be exceptions to that, but for the most part, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, which, which then raises, so, so if, if teams aren't divided by, you know, if, if we go beyond, um, the national boundaries, um, you know, could we, I mean, we kind of see forms of it, but eventually will the tournament be, what if we just did like uh Latin America versus Europe or maybe the Americas rather versus Europe? Well, that's, that's a good segue into, into the next couple questions that I was going to ask. Um, before I move on to that, I was just going to say that, so we brushed on all the, on all the nice or the nice, uh, or the, the more romantic aspects of of the game and how it it, it uh, can bring out these really beautiful aspects of the the, the 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 different idiosyncrasies of it. But then there's also things like um, with the with the advent of of the of it used to be that national team was was really just people that were born in that place, right? And the French team looked like what you would expect the French team to look for look like you know in the you know and i'm talking about race you know as as it was as it was imagined in in the in the traditional you know dominant cultures history books or ideas or the narrative of that of that society and the spaniards would look like spaniards and the mexicans would look like mexicans 
Um, and the Germans, of course, we like Germans, but since the world has globalized and changed and evolved, the, 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 the shades, the gradations of the skin tones on the national teams have changed as well, right? And some teams have been more reluctant to embrace and accept that. And it brings out all the really nasty, evil, racist shit as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also brings out it brings out the racist stuff. I mean, I think I think it's interesting that the Spaniards don't have a single black player on their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe uh, Costa, Diego Costa, who's Brazilian. I think he's he's black or or, or has some kind of black uh, heritage. Uh, um, but the the Italians have Mario Balotelli. And he never really, you know, he's always, it's always been like a, a, a big point of contention for Italians because Italians, you know, it kind of speaks to their the relationship racist. to black people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's just be, let's just call it what it is, right? They have a hard time with that. And so do the Spaniards. They're the ones that throw the bananas on the field, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, other countries do that as well. I'm just saying it, 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 um, for as liberal as these societies may be or claim to be, uh, there's still a hint of that racism, and it and it and it and it starts with like the very overt, blatant forms of it, and then it gets to a place like France, where that French team, beautiful French team that has a shot at, at winning the World Cup this year, because they have an excellent team and awesome um, kits. All, yeah, awesome kits, but they they they're just they're just like always really very French, very elegant, very very just just attractive to watch in their style of play um there's a lot of black players a lot of african born or a lot of african a lot of african descent but that in its time also created a huge deal of controversy in france that how is it that this this is no longer the french national team right this is just a bunch of african immigrants representing us but isn't that not what france has become you know a nation of immigrants like this country Right, and isn't that the most accurate representation of your nation? Right, a whole crossbreed of people, um, and and I think for better or worse, um, it's it, one of the reasons I love to watch the French team is because of the fact that they they have a very multicolored team. You know. Yeah. 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 But I... but but it but it brings up a lot of things that I think as a nation you have to confront. And if you ever have a chance to watch it, there's a – the film's okay, but Les Bleus. Mm-hmm, it's, it's just, it, did you watch that? You know, no, I, it's, I, it's been on my queue for a long story, <laughs> A story of, of just the thing we were just talking about, Yeah. right? Um, and it was because I would say because of soccer and because of the national team and because of the – of the the the, the, um, the, the, the interaction – of these different cultures and these different uh, 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 immigrants, that it it brought these things to the forefront that I think um, are really important to talk about, and they maybe wouldn't have become part of the popular culture uh, conversation if it hadn't been for the national team. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great. Um, yeah, I, I find that really really fascinating too. But and I wonder how much it's it's more. Um, I think when you see, uh, say for example, like the French national team's makeup like that, um, I think it, it possibly speaks more to what what them as a country 
in theory, you know, want to establish as far as um, embracing the idea of multiculturalism mm-hmm. um, and to a degree in practice. But then at the same time, I, I think we have to question um, when the national team is made up of so many African players, um, how well is that reflected in their place within the, the larger society? And mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. within France, it's, you know, it, it, I don't think it's a it's a equal parallel between those two things. Um, um, but in theory, I think that that's what they're going for. Um, yeah. And so maybe that's the first step. Once you see the national team looking like that, that's like an indicator of the direction they're moving in. If, if they're still where Italy's at, um, then, then that tells you they have, long, <laughs> they have a lot more time to go uh, than, yeah. than France does. Germany is another one that, that I think um, – um, kind of similar. Is make it, yeah, making strides. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they, they, they've, they've, anyways. But you know what? It, does it say? Does it? Does it say um, that soccer is something that's played uh, by black kids in the inner city? Which is, you know, we we're going to talk about this in a later episode. But yeah. uh, Paris is a world hub. The Paris suburbs are a hub of soccer talent throughout the soccer sporting world. Uh, and we'll get into that in other episodes, but um, the the Parisian suburbs are producing an incredible amount of 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 uh, soccer players, and they're all of African descent. They're all black, uh, mostly all of them, or if not Northern African, um, maybe 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 some Middle Eastern, but mostly mostly black. And or is it or is it that just black athletes are better than white athletes, Professor? Is that Messed up of me to say. I don't know. Hot take. No. We'll 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 tease that one apart. Okay. How will the right wing of France, you know, how how does the right wing population of France respond to? How do they root for um, their World Cup team when it's made up of so many people that? Um, they see as as a threat to to their national identity. Like, what is? How are they going to experience that? And and this has happened in multi, in previous ones. But I'm curious if this. It seems like the tensions have been especially high recently. I just wonder what that'll do. I'm I'm interested to kind of keep track on on what that's going to play out like. Yeah. Well, those guys will be cool, but not the other guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. not racist. I have a black friend. I root for. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't. I, that's a great question, though. That's a great question, because you know the the wave of euphoria comes on fast, and before you know it, you're you're in it, you're riding it, and for anybody who's ever experienced it, uh, no matter what team you follow, whether it's whether it's something as huge as the World Cup or just your local team that you love so much, once it happens, it's a hard it's a hard thing to get off of, you know? Mm-hmm. And that that's an interesting question that you ask. I don't know. I don't know. I we're gonna be looking for that. We're gonna be watching for that, right? Mm-hmm. And that and and that alone, the World Cup still matters, I guess, Professor, right? Oh, absolutely. If we keep having that, right, and not just looking at it simply as some uh, relic of a of a past that we want to forget, um, 
But you know, Professor, I want to talk about there, there's there's a lot of talk about how the future of of the world, the future of how things will be divided and how things will be administered in in the brave new world. Um, is that the city will take the the city will take uh, center stage in in being the 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 the, the arbiter of 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 laws and and rules and regulations and of what's what's kosher and what's not because the cities in a sense become the centers of power right or are becoming or if not already they, that's that's where things happen in the major cities and and there's a there's a whole association of of cities throughout the world and, and uh, you know even at a country local regional level where they're banding together and pulling the resources and pulling together and working together to to bypass the nation state and say hey we're just we're going to we're going to get to work on our own stuff we're not going to wait for the nation state to come resolve these issues for us um in terms of the conversation we're having now FIFA club competition is becoming a major, major thing, and more and more, more and more as 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 time passes, the 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 Champions League final becomes more and more a focal point of the experience for not only for the sponsors but for the passive fan. They're really connecting to this idea of watching club teams play against each other during Champions League, and these are all cities. That we're now we're rooting for cities, you know. Um, there's talk of eventually, you know, the, there's the FIFA Confederations Cup that happens uh, the year before the World Cup, kind of like a uh, in a in a lead up to the to the World Cup, where they host this tournament. It used to be the winners of each confederation play in this in this 18 tournament to find to get a champion. But there's been talk by FIFA to have a a club World Cup every four years and basically the same thing that happens with the World Cup but instead of it being France against Italy it'd be Barcelona versus Juventus uh, what do you think of that professor can that pose a threat to the World Cup the hegemony of the World Cup maybe perhaps but I don't know I, th I think no doubt that's growing and it's growing rapidly and it's growing in appeal and it's and it's um, it's becoming more attractive. It's it it's kind of suits um, the sports fan and um, in 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 a lot of ways. But I think that's all the more reason that makes this thing that happens every four years all the more special. You know, e even just think of it as as when you pick club teams against each other, uh, you only have a small pool of. I think part of the appeal of the World Cup and why it's it's it may not be threatened by by club competition as popular as it is is a country uh, uh, encompasses more people to be invested than than a city does like just yep. in sheer numbers just simple as that um, and that's something that the World Cup will always bring to the table that that club competition um, will not and then of course one of the things that will that already does happen, but that can happen, is that um, that it, it it will eventually become a competition between very few teams, the teams with the most money, right? 
Mm-hmm. So even if you even if even if Cholos Quintas at Tijuana makes it to the World Club, the World the World Cup of Club teams, their chances of winning it are going to be way slimmer than the historic giants like Madrid or Barcelona or 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 Manchester United because they're they're gonna you know they're gonna have greater amount of capital to buy the players that will bring them the championships right, right. yeah that's why I don't think it'll ever happen or I don't think it will happen but I think just the the sheer amount of cash behind this idea of 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 um, of club versus club soccer can have can can put a dent in this idea Jose Mourinho the that that very famous coach the special one who's coached every team and won many games and is considered one of the geniuses of soccer he claims that the final of the of the Champions League is much more winning a, a Champions League is much more important than winning a World Cup I think he just says that out of spite mm-hmm. but I I think um, a lot of people with their fragmented fandom Mm-hmm. With their 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 post racial reality, with the who don't want to adhere to this idea of a, of being a part of the nation state, who want to liberate themselves from that, who identify as citizens of of a, of, a, of a metropolis or of a city, could they be swayed to follow club teams based on metaphors that resonate with them and marketing being pushed upon them? Could you swing these? Could you swing these voters in the opposite direction and get them to look at the World Cup as, as some like some fuddy-duddy thing that needs to go away? No, see, because I, I think the two don't have to. You you can be. They can both exist. They can both exist. Um, but but I think but you're but but this does raise the the, the interesting question is, um, will will a club tournament. Will, the, will a global club tournament end up becoming like? Will the World Cup become the the second tier tournament one day compared to the global uh, club tournament? Right. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, th- I think um, if so, we're we're still long long ways away from um, our, our our roots in our in our nation, national or, or cultural identities are strong. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, and I think um, I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Just because of the, I personally think that the 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 saving grace of the World Cup is that I want to again say that the continuity of players on national teams, mm-hmm. and and the fact that I don't, even though we talk about it, I don't think the nation state is going to disappear anytime soon. Um, at least, maybe not in our lifetime, uh, but it's it's definitely headed in that direction. Uh, I'm I'm just curious to see if if we can catch traces or glimpse of it here in this World Cup of 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 a world looking to fragment itself and separate itself from the larger nation states and of these regional movements who are trying to separate from you know like the the, the independence or the secessionist movements will we see traces of that will we see little symbols or nods to that i don't know um, um i i'm constantly on the lookout for that i I've, i haven't seen anything or i haven't seen anything you know besides you know Pique protesting when he's having to sing the national anthem in spain but i, I think it's there we just have to kind of uh stay tuned and see if we catch a glimpse of it yeah yeah uh, professor, I 
I uh, I wanted to say one one final thing, one final thing about the World Cup, and one final thing about this season of grandstanding, and that is the first thing I wanted to say about the World Cup is that it starts. Uh, when does it start? The fourteenth. The first game is Russia versus Saudi Arabia, uh, and then the the there's a, a few really awesome games over the weekend. I think the most the most attractive one being Portugal Spain on Friday. Which will which will be a, a really fun one to watch. But then uh, Mexico plays Germany on the seventeenth on Father's Day. What do you make of that game? Are we going to win that game? Yes. Why is the country so divided in Mexico right now over the the believers and the non-believers? What is it that the believers? What first? Let me start with what is it that the non-believers? Uh, other than the fact that we're playing against probably one of the best teams in the world, what is it the non-believers hang on to, and they can't let go of that we're that we're playing Germany? Is that it, or do that that they think we're inferior, or is it just we just we just love to hate? Um, no, I think the non-believers. I think what they hold on to that they can't get over is um, logic. <laughs> <laughs> It's just we, it's it's absurd. Just to be rational. Yes, yeah. It's it's just absolutely absurd to believe that 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 we could beat Germany, and which is why I love this because this is this is a part of my life where where I throw logic out the window and it's and it's just all heart. Is that what's happening to us who believe that Mexico is going to win on Sunday, the seventeenth? You have to, but when you believe it, you believe it, and that's and that's it. Like you're convinced. Right. Is we've said this before, you and I. I don't know if we've mentioned it here on Grandstand, but we've talked about it. Is it simply about believing as a collective whole that we can do this, and that's enough to propel the win? Can we send enough good uh, vibes across the world to make these motherfuckers pull this win out? Yeah, yeah. I think that that's what's going to have to happen. Yes, yeah. I wish, man, I wish, like, the government would subsidize, like, I wish it wasn't only rich Mexicans that went to uh, Russia, like, went to the World Cup. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. They, they could really use more diversity in their fan base out in the stadiums, but, um, but yeah, I think, um, but I feel like come closer, closer, closer to game time. Even the skeptics jump on board. Yeah, yeah. And once once kickoff happens, that's it. I think we all have our hands in our hearts. Yeah. So this season is going to be. So this was just an introduction to the World Cup. Not not an introduction to the World Cup. It was a conversation about the World Cup because this magnificent, wonderful, amazing, greatest of all grandstanding. Uh, spectacles is just around the corner and we couldn't get going without uh, just touching touching upon uh, 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 some of the some of the amazing aspects of it but this season will be about protest and how protest gets manifested in the grandstand and or on the field but mostly the different different versions of protests and what that looks like and we're looking to go beyond traditional forms of protests we're not talking um, although we, we could we could go on and talk about the the, the beauty of, of of these different gestures, political 
sociopolitical gestures made by athletes on the field of play to protest or to stand up or something. We won't be focusing on that. Um, we'll be focusing on aspects of protests by people in the grandstand, and um, we will uh, we will we will get we will get deep deep into that and, and and talk about different examples of where we have seen protests and how that protest is changing the way we grandstand and how possibly prove that it can serve as a form of resistance against the. Uh, the the saturation of the corporate overly mediated uh, fandom reality that sometimes can get so oppressive and just become too much. So make sure you follow along. And then one last thing, we will um, be publishing pieces on the website uh, prior to the release of an episode. And we will be basing the conversation, the dialogue, the narrative of the uh, uh, of the of the podcast on um, issues, ideas, concepts, and things we bring up the, in these essays. So make sure you follow those. We'll try to keep them short and sweet, but at the same time, try to get into um, some uh, very beautiful uh, esoteric things about what it means to stand up and resist against the overly mediated fandom reality of um, of current uh, spectating experience so that is all we're signing off we're back and um we hope you can join us for this beautiful season four of grandstand and uh one last thing i have to say professor is uh get to work cabrones Porque somos esa raza, esa pandilla mexicana La alegría, la tristeza, la añoranza, la esperanza Es el canto, es nuestra gente De nuestra inspiración es convertir el estadio en una voz Mexicano yo soy, de sentimiento, de corazón Lo llevo dentro de mi pasión Es lo que tengo, la visión que no puede
I think I think it'd be cool if we just if we entertain more different ways to um, to group um, to group players and create tournaments like um, like it like it, I, it'd be cool to see a, a right wing versus left wing tournament, right? And all players who identify as, as left wing form teams and players who identify as right wing form teams and then they play. Multiculturalist versus uh, ethno nationalists. Would they all be? They all be from different countries. They'd be from different countries. Yeah. And then they would have to actually adhere to that ideology. Yeah. You couldn't just hire. You couldn't hire mercenaries, right? Yeah. Purely you'd have ideological to have, like, base. You'd have to have like concrete documentation that Messi is a neoliberalist, right? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, yeah, you'd have to it'd have to be proven with like some type of actions that have been done. Yeah. That'd be uh, dude, a religion one? Imagine that. Oof. No, we we could never get that past the, the left or the over the I mean if we can barely get the nation state thing <laughs> to buy a religion one. Dude. Although be I a like good it. One. Yeah. Do you who do you who do you predict would win the first one? I think Catholics. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'd... Like, I'd feel bad. Who would they like, play in the final against? Protestants? Protestants, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much everyone would kind of be fucked. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't be fair. If but Catholics be, were, cool if Catholics Catholics were a nation, what, would they, what nation would they be? If Catholics were a nation? Brazil or Germany. Oh, no, Brazil, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Protestants would be Germany, of course. But I don't know. I mean, Brazil, like, say that, tell that to an Italian. Or They're a... evangelists. Oh, maybe Italians. I'm yeah. just saying just in, in anyways, that was a stupid analogy. Um, who who would be in the in the semifinals? Catholics, Protestants? Uh, would would uh, Muslim, Muslims be in there in the final, semifinal? I guess they're the, what, I mean... Yeah, because I can't think, like, I don't think Jews or Buddhists or Hindus, like, yeah, it would have to be Muslims. And then there's all the, these other esoteric ones that we're not thinking, I mean, Satanist, I'm sure they'd be fighting for it, right? Yeah, but I get the impression they don't, those Satanists don't really play sports. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like all they do is just, like, uh, play in, like, heavy metal bands. <laughs> You're probably right. You're probably right. 